Ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 48, proudly hosted by North Central Indiana's Rock 98.5. Tonight, we play Who's That Band, share some music, and answer Teabag's Challenge. With me, as always, Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind, his boy band time, it's Metalhead Monday. Hey, what's going on, guys? And teabags. Swinging deep into the valleys of Liptonia. That's nasty. Able to plunge from high altitudes only to land with a gentle splat. That's nasty. Receiving only the finest education from his instructor, Earl Grey. It's. It's. Teabags. Too hot for TV. What's up, fellas? Not much. It's a rockin' Thursday evening, 9 o'clock, hosting uh, number 48. Technically, 54, right? Well, yeah, with the mini says. It sounds better if we say yeah. 54. <laughs> so, but technically, 48. I think we're going to, we might float away tonight. Be surprised oh, if you can hear the rain over my mic. <laughs> yeah, it was dumping out here i'm in the basement so i don't hear it quite as much but you know yeah so um did everybody get their toilet paper nope <laughs> no panic here the, i didn't have a panic i felt stupid going out but we're getting low and everything yeah, right. is like there's no toilet paper everybody's stocking up on toilet paper so i thought okay i'm after school i ran over to sam's and i go into the back and you know they've got those huge racks and ginormous mm -hmm. rolls uh -huh. Three that three packages were left, and that store was full of people. So yeah, I did not take all of them. I knew there were other people there doing the same thing. So I took my one bag there, and hopefully that'll get me through. And I and somebody posted a picture tonight at, at Kroger. The entire aisle was empty. Yeah. Wow. I saw oh. somebody posted that. Uh, I don't remember what they said. Maybe Meyer had plenty or something somewhere like that. The other day they had a couple left and that was it. Yeah, so, we yeah. got our we got our big uh, whatever it is ninety six rolls from Sam's. The other we did that a couple weeks ago, so we're still good. That's what I gotta <laughs> say. Steve just said I hope he hopes it gets him through, and I'm like, if one package <laughs> from Sam's doesn't get you through, coronavirus isn't your problem. They're <laughs> no uh, they're talking about canceling the Olympics, and that's in August. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but we have to last a while um it is in no where is it being held i don't remember where it is i don't know but typically this kind of stuff once the hot weather hits goes away if it reacts nearly like the flu so i think yeah, i saw where they, they were saying yeah hoping that maybe it'll spike mid-april and then decline but oh, um tokyo tokyo japan is the summer Olympics. well there you go but <clears throat> this puts into question Three events for me coming up. We were heading to Columbus to watch UFC. I assume yeah. that's going to be a no-go because that's the 28th. And then kind of borderline probably, Tony, we were doing NF April 13th. Yep. So that won't be questionable. And then uh, Pumpkins April 26th. So yeah. depending on what they decide to do with their tours, we could be out of luck. Wow. We should be I at saw... Kennedy right now. <laughs> Is he playing? I think it's tonight at... Uh, in Cincinnati. But go ahead, Jeremy. What were you saying? Oh, then Ohio, I think, canceled everything bigger than a certain number of people, didn't they? 
Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, there's a band that I follow called the Heilung, mm-hmm. and they're playing, they're supposed to be playing in France tonight or something. And their show got canceled because France has banned all gatherings over a thousand people. Oh. Like what makes 1000 the magic number? <laughs> Some yeah, places in the States are 250. That's what I heard. Yeah. I saw, uh, uh, I saw a thing on Facebook today that said, uh, business as usual for Nickelback. It'll continue to play empty stadiums. <laughs> I love that video or that picture. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yeah. They don't, though. That's the thing. I know. <laughs> as oh, much know. as you want to rag on them, they sell some tickets. I, I do want to be very clear. This podcast will never review a Nickelback record unless we lose a bet. Ooh, challenge accepted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll have a new member next week. Metalhead Monday is in his last episode. <laughs> nice. All right, gents. Are you ready? Yes. Ready for the challenge? Because we're going to well, get Lester Bangs, right? This is inspired by the great reviewer, Lester Bangs. I really think this one is, uh, I think I'm just hanging it up there for you guys to knock out of the park. Sometimes okay. they're so out there that it's almost impossible, but there are some tip-offs here that I think you guys will be like, ah, got it. Sometimes you need a softball to keep morale up. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think both you of think- you guys will hit this one. You think we should explain what the cha- the Lester Banks challenge is real quick? Sure. So one of us each week finds a review. Hopefully it's a review that actually took place at the time the album came back, but sometimes you can find a later review um, that still kind of is interesting or is enigmatic in some way that it, when read to somebody else, they might find it hard to figure out who it is or need to be tipped off. So tonight I'm going to read a review. Um, I believe this one was from 1981-ish, and um, Hint Boys, and they're going to try to figure out who I'm talking about. I will remove all of the names of songs, albums, and musicians to make it more challenging. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Yep. Okay. I have a lot of making up to do, don't I? When I went through this band's discography, discography the first time i mercilessly trashed them i probably spent more time thinking of synonyms for suck than i did actually listening to their music but now i'm seven years older and i've grown cooler follically challenged and far more rational when i peruse their discography today i've found that well this band does suck don't they i guess there's no getting around that one however i will no longer deny that they're fun when they want to be And fun was a topic that this band had on their minds frequently. As far as songs go, this song is pretty good. In fact, I'll go all out and say that it's pretty, 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 pretty good. It has a catchy riff, catchy vocal melody, crunchy guitars, and drumming. Their drummer might be the worst drummer in the history of the planet and probably the universe, but such an inconvenient fact doesn't keep him from having a drum solo or two on this album. There's a right old nasty one towards the end of another song. That song also shows that this band hadn't quite gauged their talents yet. It's a confident a cock rocker can be, but its riffs are entirely forgettable, and so is the vocal melody, despite it being upbeat and guitar heavy, and me trying to meet it halfway and forego the use of my brain. I get bored with it. So any idea there before I read the last paragraph, which I think will nail it for you? 
Do you say, okay, so is the review from 1981? No, I don't think it, it is sounds now like that he's I read looking it. Back. Yeah, he is oh. looking back, but the seven years removed would put it in 81. Hint, hint. So, okay. 81. Hmm. I'm trying to think of, yeah, I don't know. I know. I, I don't have a lot here. So How old far. would you even be then, Jeremy? Because oh, in eighty-one, yeah. I mean, I was what for? Well, for most of the year, I would have been four. Well, this album didn't come out, or it came out before he was born. So yeah. So okay. All right, last paragraph, and let's see. I think this might do it. Okay. When it comes right down to it, this is probably one of the band's finer moments, and as one of the band's finer moments, it's a mixed bag. Their songwriting chops are better than some people give them credit for, but their instrumental abilities were atrocious. For sure, they were better than the average high school band practicing I got in the garage. <laughs> but compared to pretty much every other hard rock band of 1974, they yep. were horrid. Keep in mind, however, that most of these songs would sound far better in their first live album. But that discussion it. is for another time. Go for it, Jeremy. It's kiss. Yay! That Nailed makes a lot it. of sense. Yep. Okay. <laughs> that, that was a good one. Yeah. I kind of thought that that last bit would, would yep. bring it home. It and did. then when it said their live album, I thought, yep. oh, if you weren't yeah. sure. That was, yeah, that was the nail kiss in the coffin. Kiss Alive was huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think he liked him much. <laughs> no, no. I don't think so. I can't say that I've loved him. I mean, they, they're iconic, and I like some of their stuff, but uh, I don't find myself going to listen to Kiss much. They are super hit or miss for me. Like, I really love some of their stuff, and I really don't like a lot of their stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yep, same. So. Well, good job, Stevie D. All right. So, uh, who's got – if we did next – maybe it's not next, next episode, but next, Lester Banks, who has it? Uh, I'll take it on since I did the challenge. And Perfect. We'll just kind of keep that rotation. Keep the rotation. Going. Yeah. Yep. All right. Okay, boys. So um, we will move on to Tony's challenge. Yes. And the challenge was, uh, if I remember correctly, <laughs> that you had to um, come up with two questions as if you were an interviewer, interviewing a band or musician of your choice. One of the questions had to be rooted in the music that they make and the other one had to be kind of a deeper cut off the wall not so common question all right all sounds right. good who wants to all start right. monday does okay well i think somebody said something might have been tony when he issued the challenge something about trying to uh surprise each other with who we chose or whatever and uh mm -hmm. I think I failed miserably with that. I don't think either one of you will be terribly shocked here. Uh, I picked Scott Ian. Mm -hmm. Yes. So uh, Anthrax is my favorite band. I have an Anthrax tattoo on my leg. And I was going to make an Avengers joke today on your Instagram. But then oh, I yeah. Thought, I can't do that. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first one. Um, yeah, their A kind of looks like the Avengers A. Yeah, I was just going to be a butthead, but... <laughs> What else is new? Exactly. Anyway, um, so uh, one of the reasons I chose him is because 
I, like you see stuff that's, um, I don't know, staged is the wrong word, but like things that are set up or especially on camera, like, and you know, he does have his, with his friends, you see that kind of stuff. And he seems like a really funny, you know, awesome guy, but I've heard some not so nice things about fans with him. Like he is not the nicest to the fans. <laughs> So I I thought that might be a challenge, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. my uh so my question about the process was I kind of had two and he is uh he's endorsed by or he endorses whatever, however you say that, uh Jackson guitars. Mm-hmm. And um so I kind of asked him like how that relationship got started, if it was just him playing them and then they kind of saw hey you're good and you play our stuff you know Mm -hmm. and eventually he uh he did get his own signature model so i kind of wanted to ask him like how hands-on he was in the design process for that and that kind of thing and also with actually recording the music he's in so many bands and um like he's in, obviously Anthrax, their SOD pops up every once in a while. Uh, the Damned Things is kind of a super group. They've done a couple of albums. Uh, he has a band with his wife called Motor Sister. And he also plays in her band and Pearl's band. So he's involved in a lot of stuff. So I just kind of wonder like how involved he is in the songwriting process for all those different projects. You know, like who who contributes what to which project, that kind of thing, and how he handles either being in control or letting go of that control, that kind of thing. That's cool. So where where did he where did he get this reputation for being like not nice to the fans or whatever? I there's tons of people that have that trash him so much because they say like he's kind of a dick wow <laughs> yeah like, a, I, as, like what like ignores them or uh uh kind of yeah that kind of thing just not you know the most gracious chatty guy you know just kind of brushes them off and gotcha. that kind of thing i love the Which, endorsement question yeah thank you yeah but again, that just, you know, you never know what's just sour grapes and people not getting the experience they wanted. But I, I've heard it, you know, quite a bit over the years. So, yeah, probably some some sort of kernel of truth in that. But right. Yeah, you're right. The <laughs> the loudest voices are those complaining normally. So Very true. So <clears throat> for my question, I would hope would be a little more original would be um he in recent years um his and pearl's son his name is revel r-e-v-e-l uh he's been popping up at more and more things i've seen on their social media where like he got to go up and play in front of thousands of people with uh foo fighters and uh they also like uh, Scott was at Dime Bash this year, and he took Revel with him, and he so he got to jam with like all these people that you know we loved over the years. So I just kind of wanted to ask him like 
about that, about him playing out and kind of being in the public eye a little bit and like where his interest began. I mean, obviously Scott's a musician, so there's and Pearl too, and you know, his grandfather's meatloaf. So, um, so there's, you know, it's not shocking that he would be interested in music, but how, how that started, what he, what he kind of started playing first, uh, how they encourage that. And like, you know, what instrument does he like best? What does, what is he best at playing and how, how he likes playing live and, you know, how that, how Scott feels about him doing that. Mm-hmm thought that might be an interesting conversation yeah that would now i did not know that meatloaf was his grandfather that's exactly yeah, how that, old is meatloaf i don't know uh pearl no is meatloaf is uh pearl's dad oh okay. scott's yeah i misunderstood that i'm thinking man meatloaf is scott's father-in-law but there you yeah. go and he is 72 years old yeah way past the uh best enjoyed by date <laughs> for meatloaf yeah might be a little moldy yeah um, his funny. name is robert paulson no one cares <laughs> yeah. okay i don't put on a lot of meatloaf records that's a fight it. that's a fight club joke his name is mr loaf <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh lordy i love did you see him in fight club oh yeah hell yeah yeah i love that it's been a while though so, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm not gonna go off on a tangent but so many people Maybe it's my age, but I'm surprised. Like I'll I'll mention a movie, even like The Godfather or something, and so many people that I work with just haven't seen it. I haven't seen Fight Club. Haven't seen Godfather. Like oh. I've never seen Godfather. Okay. Well, next week we'll have somebody else. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe they've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and maybe they like Nickelback. Um, <laughs> well, hey, there's a man on the street segment for you, Tony. Have you seen Godfather? Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> and if you have, do you like Nickelback? Yes. No, only people have never seen it Charles like Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Anyway, yeah, those are great questions, Jeremy. I wish uh, we could actually ask them on the show. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I'll give him a call, see if we can get him on next week. Yeah, sounds good. Well, <laughs> <I> he's tagged, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I tagged him in my Instagram post about Anthrax, so I'm sure we'll be best friends pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes. Uh, all right steven you're up okay so i did not go the absolute traditional route um i did for a while think about um surprise surprise for you guys right neil here um (laughs) i thought about that but um i chose something a little different just i mean i've done a lot of rush stuff lately so thought i would move over and um i chose Andrew Wood. Um, Interesting. And my, my questions aren't really that much different really, but such an interesting guy um, starting a band at 14. um, That was sort of the, I don't know, the father of, of grunge music in a lot of ways, malfunction Mm -hmm. um, before mother love bone. Um, charismatic guy uh great singer um, amazing performer i mean he had it all and then dies by 24 um and of course his death 
leads to my first question. I would let, I'm asking these both uh, posthumously, <laughs> obviously, but um, I wonder what a guy like that, who is all about the music, all about the performance, he didn't seem to be worried about you know, the fame or any of that kind of stuff. He just seemed to be a pure musician. I wonder what he would think um, about not only being sort of the godfather of grunge, so to speak, but also the linchpin for one of the most popular bands in the world in Pearl Jam. Because had Mother Lovebone not gone away, Pearl Jam likely would never have happened because two of the members were in Mother Lovebone. So, right. It's, I just, it'd be interesting to see what he would think about that, how he would process that, uh, yeah. being a pure musician. That's hmm. true. That's a good, that's a great question. Also, Allison Chains wrote a song about him. So, mm-hmm. those guys all loved him. I mean, yeah. he was a well liked guy, um, not a jerk. <laughs> so, <laughs> I yeah. actually don't know a ton about him. Um, I have a mother love bone on my ancient iPod classic and Mm -hmm. I had that on shuffle the other day and one of their songs popped up. But I mean, I, I I really, I never kind of went back and got super into them and I I don't really know a ton about him. Just play Apple. (laughs) That's super into him. (laughs) Yeah. I think it also, I mean, him being uh, Chris Cornell's roommate and very close that like, yeah, and influenced, I'm sure, how Chris Cornell was writing and his direction he went, and then it brought together Temple the Dog. So, lots of things happened out of that tragedy. Yeah, and it's nice that you do when you have a tragedy, you do get something really positive like that, and you got a lot of positive from him. Yeah. Um, so then my next question too, obviously, posthumously, um. Mm-hmm. So thinking about those bands of the time, you know, second records, Pearl Jam had Versus, Nirvana had Nevermind, Alice in Chains had Dirt, and Soundgarden with Louder Than Love. What would have been next for Mother Love Bone? I don't get the feeling that that he's a guy that just would stay in that groove. I feel like he would probably grow and change. And I wonder what Apple Part 2 would sound yeah. like where he would have gone. So that would have been my second question. Yeah, you never know how fast they're going to progress either because some bands, you know, within their first couple of albums sound the same and some, like I, I, uh, Metallica comes to mind, like they're from Kill 'Em All to Ride the Lightning is very different sound. And I mean, even Nirvana, you mentioned Nirvana Mm -hmm. from Bleach and Nevermind are pretty different. Yep. So, but you never know how fast they're going to progress. Yeah. That'd be an interesting, I think for a musician too, it'd be an interesting to try to that question to try to answer because, you know, I guess the only thing you could do is if you were a musician being asked that same question, like answer kind of where you're at, you know, where you, where you, what direction you want to see your art going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't even, you know, you never know what kind of answer you would get from a guy like that. It's sort of spontaneous and just flew by the seat yeah. of his pants. But um, it would just be cool to talk to a guy like that who is free, you know? Right. Yeah. Good choice. Well, teabags, 
What uh, what questions do you have for Trent? <laughs> Actually, I chose Michael Trent Reznor. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that is who I chose. <laughs> I, I tried to get around it and I just couldn't because, um, you know, well, uh, the question that I would ask first m- music, uh, related anyway, is, um, when he was making the downward spiral, that was a time when he wasn't filling stadiums. He had switched labels. He really didn't know. It's almost the question you're asking Andrew Wood, like what's next? Because pretty hate machine to downward spirals, vastly different. So, um, and he had limited technology back then and not, and not a fan base that he knew would just buy up what he was going to sell. So, and I'd ask him how that contrasts today, how he makes albums, um, from the technology standpoint of sound design to how much does he really care about or how much cushion does that give him that he knows he can tour it or he can sell it? You know, how does he kind of stay true to his art? But I really am interested in how the technology has changed because I've seen videos where they're still making sounds. They're still hitting the top of something with a hammer and recording it, you know, when there's a thousand presets you can buy. Um, so I'd just like to see some insight into how he still makes sounds. And now he makes them with a partner. So a lot of the time. Yeah. That, yeah. If I could ask a million questions, one of those would be like, how he let Atticus in because he's very no he was very um, known for controlling everything. Yes, very much. I'm interested to see if they actually do a collab album like he talked about. I would love to see that, especially during this challenge. I went back to like him and Peter Murphy. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see that that type of stuff come in. Now, uh, Watchmen Two got canceled, right? So there is no more soundtrack too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I thought. I never saw the series, so I don't know if like, aside from listening to the soundtracks, I don't know if fans just didn't think it was good or if it was solely ratings based or what. So. I, I heard nothing. Yeah. I heard nothing but good things about it, but I mean, I don't know what the ratings were, or how they even measure that these days, but. I heard nothing but positive. I wonder if it's hard being on something like just HBO and not a wider streaming service. HBO is like Netflix. It just seems like everybody has Netflix, but HBO. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what their subscription is, but, or how many people are on it, but I wouldn't imagine that it's probably even a quarter of Netflix. Is it? I wouldn't think so. And you've got yeah, I don't know. Game of Thrones is over. Some of their flagship things are over, so I don't know how many people stuck with them. Oh, I don't know. And then the, <clears throat> the question I'd ask that wasn't related to music is he's spoken very openly during his drug use years uh, about you know some of the processes and the parties, and then he's spoken very openly about getting sober and how much better he feels now. And so I know he was mentored by Bowie a little bit along those lines as well. I would just like to know, like, you know, what, how does he straddle that fence between having the rock star lifestyle that he had and maybe even some of that stuff contributing to the creativity 
but knowing that, you know, most of the time there's a lot of addicts that feel better once they've kicked the habit. So how do you ride that line without being the, the old guy in rock music that's telling you, you know, you should walk a straighter line type thing. So, um, but he seems to, he's married, he's happy, he has kids and he still makes art unapologetically. So I'd love to see how he talks to people about that in the industry. I don't think people that have that, like the hardcore party, they're drunk all the time or they're high on something all the time. I don't think they have longevity with creativity. I think they need to clean it up so that they can be creative for a long time. I think the downward spiral <laughs> for most people would be, I, I just think it would be all consuming and eventually it would take the, like, I think initially people are like, they need marijuana or whatever to kind of take them out of themselves to be more creative. But I think eventually it just, it's diminishing. Um, I know, you know, when you said that, it reminded me, you know, Corey Taylor stopped drinking and smoking. Well, his voice is better now. He sings better now. Um, and he writes 3000 songs a day. So clearly these guys feel better and I think are able to create better, probably minds clearer and all that. But yeah. And I think they are able to say that now, but it does feel like the dad imparting wisdom, you know, there's, got a lot of young people coming up through the same process that they did and maybe they even contributed to like, what's that like knowing that your example might've been something that's led someone into a path like that, you know? So, um, anyway, just all of the aspects of it, because, you know, I personally, I don't, I don't like any of that stuff for myself, but I know that Pink Floyd, Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, you know, a lot of people that I liked, uh, that was pretty rampant <laughs> in their creative process early on. So, yeah. How do you get away with, with being a mentor and not sounding like a, an old guy? Yeah. I feel, I feel like all I do on this show is talk about Jamie Josta's podcast, but it actually applies here. That's right. Um, cause he is sober and has been for a long time, but he talks very openly about it. And, um, he refers to all of the, the stuff, as the dark river and he said it's always there it's always flowing and it's one misstep and you get sucked in and sucked right back into it and he talks about you know struggling having to work hard to stay away from it and you know that kind of thing because he knows how much better he is and how much more productive he is without that that's cool and at least we have people out there speaking about it but it's true i mean we talk about alice in chains but they got cut off early there's so many it almost seems like the music industry i could be wrong but has the most people that you like lose young you know well, the there's examples a, i gave earlier three of yeah, the four yeah all lost somebody <clears throat> there's a new podcast called the 27 club or something oh, really? like that and it's about all yeah. of the musicians who have died at 27 you oh, know yeah. hendrix yeah. joplin uh, Jim Morrison, uh, who, uh, uh, Cobain, yep. like tons of them. Uh, Amy Winehouse, I believe is 27. Yeah. I mean, listen to these names we're naming and yeah, it's sad to think that 27 we know now is pretty young. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of talent. Yeah. Good questions, guys. That was fun. Cool. It was like, that well, one. <clears throat> good money. Cause you've got the next one. So, uh, 
<laughs> I was not prepared for that. Yeah, I wasn't either. That's why I put you on the spot. <laughs> I tell you what, it will be a surprise after Monday and I talk and we figure out who has the challenge next week. So, um, well, I don't know if you guys would be interested in this. If not, we can cut this out. But <laughs> um, somebody, one of my friends on Facebook posed a question and tagged like 40 people in it because they wanted to have a discussion about it. But it's uh, naming, picking some of your, like think of the bands you like and people that would be considered top tier talent, like huge draws, big bands, super famous. Mm -hmm. And you pick like your favorite non-essential track of theirs, like your favorite deep cut. Okay. So one artist or more? How, how many it, however doing? many you want to do. I mean, we can just do like quick mentions if you want. We don't have to go deep on a ton of stuff. Top three? Just like pick. Sure. We can do that. Otherwise, yeah. Tony will do 20. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Top three deep cuts. Yeah, it's the limiting. Yeah. Okay. Well, it is, and I think I asked you guys the other day if we'd ever done like top albums, and then I started thinking to myself, "Oh God, what a horrible week that would be trying to I know. narrow that down to ten albums or five or whatever it is." Well, I'm doing on Facebook. I'm doing that twenty impactful albums, and holy crap, yes. that was an impossible list to come up with. I'm like, "Oh, what about? Oh, I already got twenty. Oh, well, I can knock this one out and put this one in." The only thing I hate about that, I would play along, but you can't say why. You just post the picture. I cheated that one because I <laughs> saw on Facebook, I said, follow me on Instagram for more details. And then I post them on Instagram and then talk That's about fair. it. Okay. <laughs> but what, what would your name on Instagram be? Uh, at Metalhead Monday. Well, excellent. Yes. I'll have to check you out. Plug, plug, plug. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, those other podcasts that Monday mentioned are excellent, and you should listen to those right after you listen to ours. Absolutely. Yeah, always <laughs> after. Always. All right. Challenge accepted. And now we'll move on. This week, we shared with each other uh, two songs. Mm -hmm. Actually, it would be the same song, but different versions of that song to check out. And... Um, I guess we're not really going to review. We're just going to discuss them because they should all be decent songs, I would think. So who would like to begin this extravaganza? Well, I feel like you always pick me, so somebody else. <laughs> all right. How about I, can, Monday? I can start. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I picked you the last time because I read that whole kiss thing and I wasn't about to start. <laughs> so Now, how do you want to do this? I mean, I'll start, but do you want me just to talk about both the songs you guys picked? Or, or let's well, talk about your song. I guess we should, yeah, yeah. Why what did you pick? Well, yeah. we have to tell you what we chose of yours. Yeah, because Tony, case. Tony threw out two separate ones of. Well, I guess we should explain what we're doing. We decided to do uh, different versions. So you pick one song that you know two different versions of, and everybody you you compare and contrast is basically what we're doing right mm -hmm. yeah and the different versions could be by the artist a cover or a remix cover remix whatever different artists yeah doesn't mm -hmm. matter so let's just start with your two songs or songs that you chose Tony you tell us why you chose them and then we'll discuss what we thought okay well I threw out there to you guys um 
either the Becoming off of the Downward Spiral, uh, which also there was a version that was recorded, I think, in Trent's living room when he lived in New Orleans. Um, and so it was kind of like quote-unquote acoustic, although it was electronic. <laughs> and uh, Or you could, you could choose that, or you could choose The Day the World Went Away, which is a track off the Fragile, and then was like re-envisioned by Nine Inch Nails as another track on their album still. And I picked both of those because um, I don't want to say too much because I feel like if I say why I picked them, it might be why it might be part of what you guys think about them. So I'm just going to leave it. Those are the two I picked. You guys tell me what you did. Separately, we both chose to go with The Becoming. Okay. I picked that and I kind of did it what you know checked out both of them and did what wrote my notes and then i was like oh man i don't know what steve chose so i texted him he was like yeah i picked that too so <laughs> right on <laughs> cool yeah and i um, and it wasn't like god that's awful i gotta go with this one they're both amazing yeah. songs the reason there was one sole reason that i chose the becoming and it was because the vocal performance on the becoming was better for me it was more emotional okay was more varied i think trent is a much better singer when he is emotional and he gets gets to scream a little bit oh yeah i don't think he's a great singer but he's a singer that sounds great and so i think he holds it better and that's why i chose the becoming i I thought they were both excellent though yeah okay um are we gonna talk about them one at a time or just jump in i think jump in I'm really mostly going to talk about the second version because we already knew the first the performance. One, yeah. 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 I, this song, I, I love this song. I, that's, there's so, so many layers in the song. I love it. It's just, there's so much going on, but it works so well. Uh, it's got a cool that, you know, the odd time signature with the drums is really cool. Um, and I thought it was neat in the album version there's a couple towards well kind of in the middle and towards the end there's little acoustic breaks so Mm -hmm. it kind of shows you how that might work um but yeah so and then in the um the acoustic well sort of acoustic the live performance version we looked at um is kind of cool because it's pretty stripped down but it somehow felt more intense. And yeah. I, think, I think that's just kind of like what they put into their performance and especially uh, the drums, I think, and um, Trent, his vocals, especially like you were talking about, Steve. Uh, but that one, I think, feels more intense than the album version. Yeah, I agree completely. And I think that the other thing that really draws that one out is that piano. There's like yeah. more focus on it. He's pounding it and it's aggressive. Um, yeah, it, and I think it's funny because we keep saying, oh, it's acoustic, but it's not. And it's such an odd yeah. mix that it's definitely not acoustic, but it sounds so different from the original. Um, mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Yeah, even that, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It really is. But the combination of those instruments together, um, 
and him with his raw emotional vo voice. And it sounded really intimate. And it was like, even at the beginning, you could kind of hear him moving around in the room. So you felt like you were really there yeah. listening to it. It wasn't like a highly produced piece that they got rid of all that extra stuff. <laughs> so well, that was cool. Yeah. You guys, I mean, kind of nailed it while I picked that. I mean, that's, it was like a sneak peek. It was this odd mixture as a huge, like super fan, you know, like the first time I heard Danny Loner, you know, picking at that guitar or whatever um, and how it was all being processed. It was just like, it was pretty mind blowing to me. And then it did feel like you were sitting in the room and it is emotional. And like Jeremy said, it's like, it's weird because that is a heavy song on the album with lots of layers, but it does come across in a weird, odd way, like heavier uh, in that setting. So that was cool to see. The only thing I'll say about the one that you guys didn't pick, which is totally fine, but is uh, that was so vastly contrasting that that song is, I can listen to one version on a day when I feel one way, and I can listen to the other one on a day when I feel the other way. It's the same song, but uh, definitely two different emotions on the day the world went away. Yeah, and I put my last note that I wrote is I said, like Tony, they cheat. They use electronics for an acoustic performance. <laughs> I like that. That's, that's why he likes it so much. We can end that one there. So that's perfect. And the video for uh, The Day the World Went Away was pretty cool too. Yeah. So I listened to it without it and I listened while watching it too. To get kind of two yeah. different perspectives. So that's Rob Sheridan and there was a lot of really cool like shallow depth of field stuff going on in that. So I loved it too. Okay. Who's up next? I can go next. I don't care. I just didn't okay. want to start. <laughs> so <clears throat> I threw uh threw a fun one at you guys. I picked the song Institutionalized. And uh you got the original Suicidal Tendencies, 1983 classic, and then uh Body Count covered it in 2014. So they it's kind of a cover, but kind of not too. Yes. Yeah, but new lyrics. No yeah. Pepsi. <laughs> That's I'm going to jump in first on this one because first of all, uh, man, Suicidal Tendencies were like one of my favorite bands and I was a skater. So I had even bleached the back of the jean jacket and then painted Suicidal Tendencies album cover on the back. Um, and this is one of my favorite songs. And obviously How I Laugh Tomorrow is such a good one too. But, um, but what was really cool about this little exercise is that I didn't know body count covered it had no clue at all so like it's only been a few days that I knew <laughs> that it existed and then I expected to hear the lyrics like Steve said they were changed and so all around I mean and then after it was all done and I listened to it four or five times I was like there couldn't have been a better band to cover it in my opinion what, yeah, what I love about their cover is they did change the lyrics, but I mean, they 100% kept the spirit of it down to the humor. I mean, you know, it institutionalized is like it's, it's angsty and it's intense in parts, but it's funny, especially yes. if you watch the video. It's, it's hilarious. And, yeah. you know, Ice kept that same vibe going. And mm. yeah, it, I, the first time that I listened to body counts version, I laughed out loud on the vegan part. 
when he says, fuck a vegan. I I fell out of my chair. So funny. Also, a quick note about the video is um, don't watch it at work if you work for a Christian organization. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say either one of them. Yeah. Sorry. Stevie, what do you think? Can you hear my dogs in the background? Oh, yeah. 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 We love your dogs. Driving me batty. I'm going to go up and get them in a second. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, Tony, I heard Body Counts version before the other one. How about that? Really? I didn't listen to Suicidal Tendencies in the 80s. Um, Well, weren't you just a happy little kid? (laughs) No. You know what's funny is, like, that came out, I was, what, eighth grade, I think. And so, at that time, we, we all, like, started listening to the doors and zeppelin and the who and pink Mm -hmm. floyd and that just became like in rush (laughs) surprise but that was all consuming in high school and acdc i mean that's maiden i mean that was what we listened to all the time in high school it was like nonstop. so i did not listen to suicidal tendencies um so but i loved body count and so Mm -hmm. i knew body counts version before the other one yeah so (laughs) okay but they're well, great, and I love the suicidal tendencies now that I've watched it a few times. Um, yeah, and they're both so cool. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. That's that was a it's great funny choice. One, one of my favorite things in the suicidal version is uh, where he's walking. There's just like this little camp, tiny cameo. He's walking, and he like bumps into Tom Araya, and he pushes him, and just walks off camera. <laughs> <laughs> Also, one thing I'll say about them, and this was one of the songs I was playing back in the day, was I went from kind of, you know, Catholic school to one year at a public school um, where I, you know, I was kind of preppy and, you know, listening to Fat Boys and Weird Al Yankovic and that stuff. And then skateboarding hit. And I know my parents thought, like, I was going through something dark, but I wasn't. <laughs> it was just like I was, I found something I loved. And I remember Suicidal Tendencies being one of those first bands that, your parents didn't understand. How can you even listen to that? How, that's not even music. He's just talking and screaming. And But it meant something to me, and it made sense. And uh, so, yeah, they always have, like, a place in my heart. I love them. Yeah, they were huge with skaters. Huge. Mm-hmm. All right. Huge. I love it. Nice job, Monday. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now on to mine. Based on last episode... Um, I had brought up Asking Alexandria, and I told you guys to go back and check out their subtitled album, which came out in 2017. Uh, excellent record, I thought. Um, and then there was one that came out in 2019, and it was the deluxe version. And I never listened to it because, well, I didn't check, check enough to notice that there were extra songs at the end. Um, and so I just went back the other day and started looking, and I noticed that there was a acoustic version of alone in a room and there was an extra version of vultures which i thought were pretty cool so just based on that i went ahead and chose alone in a room the acoustic version as the second version so that was the purpose well the album version i really liked that song i'd never heard it i'm not a huge fan of them and i know they had a little bit of controversy when that album came out because it was such a departure for them Yes. style stylistically um and i you know i've heard i've heard about that but uh, they were never super on my radar so i didn't you know it's whatever but this song is really good uh super catchy melody uh kind of poppy a little bit mm-hmm. uh dude's got a great voice 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like the lyrics. I, I, I caught enough that I looked them up and I wanted to follow along with them. And I listened to it through a few times and, you know, kind of facing your problems instead of avoiding them and, you know, feel better coming through the end of that and that kind of thing. So. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> um, I like Jeremy, I wasn't a huge fan or anything like that. I probably have heard the song, the album version a couple of times, but, uh, I, yeah, I, uh, I liked the lyrics obviously. And, um, I'm currently reading David Goggins book. Well, uh, rereading, I've read it once, but he has this part called the accountability mirror. And it's basically like, if you're fat, tell yourself you're fat. I mean, not in a bad way, but like own up to everything that you are, the good and the bad. And, you know, so this actually kind of went along with that. And I threw it on my playlist, uh, for the treadmill. So, um, and then I'll jump into the acoustic version and then throw it back to Jeremy. But, uh, one thing I have to say about the acoustic version, and you have to go check this out on the video at the one twelve mark, his arm and his face look like an Adam Sandler, Southern excited Southerner impression. He's going like, Oh, well, oh. so <laughs> yeah. So go back and look at that. Um, but, uh, like, like, I had for the day the world went away. Um, I found it interesting that they it was such a departure from the original that it could be the same thing where you listen to one when you feel one way and you listen to the other when you feel the other way. Um, still the same message and spirit kept with that song too. But uh, I really liked both versions. Um, I'll probably listen to the album version more because it'll be on the treadmill and I need a little bit more energy. But uh, and like Jeremy said, he's got a really great voice, so it's it's not a hard listen, and it was cool to see the the reinterpretation they did well i did not love the acoustic version um when the video started the very first thing i thought was like really a church because they're in a church (laughs) trite (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even know that was in the Um, video until later because i only listened to it on apple music so i never had any visuals yeah i watched both videos but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like I felt like I, I listened, I did the album version first because I don't know. I felt like I should. Mm-hmm. I think so. And I don't know. I listened to it through several times and I really liked it. And then the acoustic version just didn't hit for me. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I can see, I mean, I, I, I get why they did it. Uh, the song definitely lends itself to that treatment. I mean, it works. It didn't work for me, but it does work. Um, I felt, I felt, I think why I didn't like it was I felt like it kind of lost its power. Like, I feel like the acoustic version kind of castrated it a little bit. Because it's kind of, I don't know, like, yeah, the song is kind of, I mean, it's, it's almost empowering or feels like, as you're listening to it, the singer is trying to maybe empower himself. And I feel like that didn't come across in the acoustic version. Maybe. I don't know. Fair enough. No, I get you. I mean, but the, uh, the harmony vocals I did like in the acoustic version, I think they could have done more of that, but overall I didn't, I, I will listen to the album version, probably not the acoustic version. Yeah. Fair enough. I'll go back and forth just cause, I still have like a goth sad poet inside of me. So sure. <laughs> when it when it's raining and I'm driving, I might listen to the other one. But me yeah, too. I but I have that too. But I like quality stuff. So. 
Okay. <laughs> did you guys have a chance to listen to Vultures at all? No, I didn't. I, I didn't did listen to it. That. I liked it, but I didn't take any notes on it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's yeah. angry. I like this challenge. I would love to see when we we're talking about these vastly different ones. I'd love to see like bands don't normally do it in reverse. They don't normally take a slower song and then make it hard rock. I have an example sure. of that though. You do? Yep. Which uh, Nickelback song is it? Nope. It's the that stabbing westward song crawl because that was an acoustic ah. song first, mm. and then yes. he took it to stabbing westward and they beefed it up and rocked it out. Well, that's Good what call. inspired this challenge. Yeah, nice, uh, cool. Yeah, it comes full circle. Yeah. That means we did it right, I think. There's a guy named Luca Rossi. I don't know if you know who he is, but he was on one of those like X Factors or Finding the Next NXS Singer. I think is what it was. And, um, uh, yeah, I think I know who that is. Okay, yeah. He's he's kind of a rocker, punk rocker guy, and he's got a good voice, but he has a rock version of Adele's Hello, and it's fantastic. I'll oh, to, cool. I'll okay. have to send that to you guys. Excellent. What's that dude's name? The YouTube guy It's Leo something. It's a, it sounds like an Italian name. I can't remember his last name, but he does metal covers of all kinds of stuff. That Like <laughs> Leo, Cap- Leo Capaldi or something? No. No, he's very pop, whatever. So yeah, no, this guy. I think his uh, his thing is called Frog Leap Studios. Okay. That I can, and his name is Leo something. I'll look it hmm. up. But he does he does metal covers of all kinds of stuff. Some of them work, some of them not so much. But. That's oh, what you always give covers one? though. Yeah, Frog Leap or something. Frog Leap, like jump studios. Yeah. Uh. Leo, uh, try it. More, more Acholi? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Masta Choli. What? Yeah. Close. Yeah. Silly Linguini. <laughs> yeah. You didn't hold your hand up. That's why we couldn't understand you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't want to cover more of my face. <laughs> um, Thanks, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was fun. Uh, yeah. I, I really liked doing that times i think next week is going to be awesome too just to recap next week's challenge we're going to pick um some of our top three bands and do some deep cuts uh, we will put some shackles on tea bags and there will be no tool or nine inch nails or any other person what? he likes so it's going to be a tough week for tony <laughs> i guess um, and then next week, we're all excited. Uh, new Body Count just came out. We wanted to make sure we had a, enough time to really review it, and we're going to bring that on the show next week. So we'll have the challenge. We will have uh, Tony will bring us our Who's That Band Review challenge, and then we'll have uh, a full album review for Body Count. And um, I think that's it. Boys, where can we find you? Tony? Um I'm still hanging out on the Facebook page, looking for people to say hi. Uh, so wanderings and wool gathering at Facebook. Gotcha. Metalhead. I'm on Instagram at Metalhead Monday. And, and you can find him on Tinder at swipe left every time. And then uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Monday. Monday is a handsome dog. You guys should see him. And uh, I am Foggy's pal, and you can find me on t- Twitter and uh, Instagram, and you can also find me at Facebook, and Sports Media Pass, Break the Fourth, I get around, I'm easy.
you have to remember to tell the people they can also now find the podcast north central indiana's own rock 98.5 at rock985.com excellent nicely done yes well done until next time everyone bye now